0: You're listening to the Pursue God Recovery Podcast, the official channel for addiction recovery at PursueGod.org. Join pastors Eric Siderud and Mark Alstrom as they talk about overcoming addiction and living a surrendered life. Find more resources to continue the conversation at PursueGod.org recovery. Hey, it's Pastor Mark in the studio with Pastor Eric, and we are back talking about recovery. And today we're going to be starting a brand new series. We're going to be talking about relapse prevention um, because relapse is a, is a real thing. It's a, it's a dangerous thing for an addict. Um, and it takes a lot of diligence to stay free in our recovery. Right, Eric?
1: Yeah. Most, most people, uh, if not all, um, I've met a few people that have said, I've I've never relapsed once I quit, you know, like a miraculous, you know, they they understood God and his word and 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 got this newfound power, you know, the things we talked about through the the 12 steps and <laughs> um you know, understanding the gospel, getting saved and and one of the things that just went away in them was that that addictive behavior, like they they just all of a sudden never craved anything again, <laughs> yeah. but that is very, that's very rare. I would have to say like uh, relapse is a part of recovery is what people used to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a part of it. And so if it happens, don't beat yourself up and don't go back to square one. You still had all that clean time before you slipped up, mm-hmm. but, but um, it is a, is a sign that there's, there's something, Still, that needs to be worked on in your recovery, right? Yeah. And that's that's what we're talking about today, right? Is some warning signs to recognize that a that a relapse could happen. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's the thing is it's like you mentioned. There are the very few and far between people who may never have fully physically relapsed, um, but it's it's extremely extremely common. I know I've relapsed. Um, I. Sure, you've relapsed in, mm. in, in early on in your recovery hundreds um, of it, time. Yeah. It's a, but like you said, it, it, we shouldn't let it stop us, right? This is a, it's part of the process. It's part of the learning process, and it does make us more self aware as we go through that. If we can, if we can get past the the relapse, if we can get past some of the the hardships of it, and let it be a learning experience for us, then it can actually be useful. Um, but you know, like you were mentioning, a common saying is that relapse is a part of the recovery process, but, um, that's, that's not necessarily an excuse either. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, every physical relapse is preventative. Wouldn't wouldn't you agree with that?
1: Yes. Yes. It doesn't have to happen because you can put the things in place in your life that, that hold you accountable um, with with the right thinking, with the, the right behaviors, and you don't have to pick up again or use ever again for the rest of your life. And you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want a new life, if you want to be able to live a life that honors God and, and is loving to other people, then drugs and alcohol or porn and or whatever your addiction compulsion is ought to never happen again is, is the goal, but we have to do this one day at a time. Mm -hmm. And so if we can, you know, see the signs of it happening before it ever starts, before it ever gets to the full blown relapse, um, then we never have to ever use again. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. And so, Mm -hmm. so I think we're going to talk about a couple of things today, which would be, you know, there, there, The physical relapse is the one that we kind of talked about was that some people have never done again. And that's that's awesome. That's the goal. But everybody probably has had uh, the stages leading up to a relapse. They just were somehow able to correct it, right? There's, there's right. like an emotional stage. There's a mental stage. And then there's this physical stage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But so before we get to that, uh, I'd like to maybe let's bring up some examples of what warning signs um, could be evident in somebody's life that they're headed towards a relapse like because when I think about signs, I think about you know a stop sign or a danger sign or some kind of uh, sign that's that's supposed to be to get us to stop and to think mm-hmm. right And so just like those signs that we have when we're driving or we're out there in the world that get us to to notice danger what kind of what kind of metaphorical signs are there in an addict's behavior Mm -hmm. that shows that they're they're heading towards a physical relapse
0: yeah i like that metaphor because because you know you think about children in a car right they see road signs growing up their parents are driving they don't know what they mean do they and that's kind of how we are early on in recovery. Mm. There are signs, and we it takes it takes learning to understand what those signs mean or what they're warning about, right? And you and I have probably seen a lot of these signs in you know early recovery for people who have come to our groups, and and even if we try to share these warning signs with them, it's not always um, accepted. Sometimes people just keep on doing the same thing. But, but here's a few that, that I've noticed. And I don't know if you want to add any to these, but, um, you know, one of the ones, one of the biggest ones is when people stop coming to meetings, people have been diligent in coming to weekly meetings over and over and meeting with a mentor or a sponsor. And when that starts to taper off, when they start to flake out, that's a huge warning sign to me.
1: Mm. Um, yeah, we were yeah. just talking about this as we got into the studio about how, you know, because this is a Christian based, faith based recovery podcast. And so recovery ministry really mirrors kind of just Christian ministry in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so don't, don't. <laughs> Like, if you're an addict or you're a recovering addict and you're thinking about joining a church or, you know, uh, exploring the Bible and getting into fellowship with people, you know, Christians are all sinners just like we are as addicts, and they have all the same same warning signs. And we we're just thinking about how when we can tell when somebody's spiritual life is going to start having a— a low point, or they're they're headed the wrong direction when they stop doing some of their habits and disciplines, mm-hmm. right? Like you, they they just all of a sudden disappear from church. You haven't seen them for a while, or they quit being so frequent. Same thing as in recovery, but yet in recovery we're a little bit more. Ex- we need to be extreme because we know our problem is that much more of a an issue. Whereas sometimes there are Christians in the church that don't really understand that. Some of their laziness or their lack of discipline wreaks havoc on their spiritual life. So, so partly I think us being addicts is a is a gift for our faith because it it holds us accountable, and we know that if we lack in some of these areas, it's gonna be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. for sure.
0: Yeah, cause an addict. The way, we, the way we live our lives as addicts, it's habitual, right? Everything we do is habitual. And so that's one of the things that we hope is that we would change our habits. Mm-hmm. But that's another warning sign, I would say, is somebody who's maintaining the same lifestyle as before they decided to get clean, somebody living that same lifestyle, not changing their habits, that's, that's a warning sign to me. When they're, st- they're still hanging out with the same people, mm-hmm. going to the same parties, you know, participating in the same activities that they did before that's that's a huge red flag even if they've got they've stayed clean for a certain amount of time I, over time i feel like they're going to be drawn back into their old lifestyle
1: Yeah, we're called to live new lives and Mm -hmm. to explore new ways of living and thinking. And to go back to the old habits and the old ways of doing things is only going to get us what we always got. You know, there's that famous saying, if you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I notice people going and, and hanging out with old friends for no reason. Sometimes they make the excuse like, oh, well they need help or I can help them get clean now that I've been cleaned for a couple of months, I can go help them. And, you know, usually they're, they're not strong enough, right? That's another one is, you know, taking on unnecessary, unnecessary stress. So there's this zeal to want to go save the world now that we're (laughs) clean and sober uh, without recognizing some of our weaknesses, you know, and needing to protect and have boundaries and, even in romantic relationships, um, you know, sometimes an addict, most of the time, you know, people who are struggling with addiction aren't ready to be in a serious relationship because because a relationship, like a marriage, uh, requires, you know, you being healthy so that you can you can take on the burdens of the other person. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can't even take care of your own burdens at the moment, how can you take care of another person.
0: right. And I think you and I have probably seen that over and over. Um, and <laughs> it doesn't seem to matter how, how how much we warn people. I think that's part of you know they're excited they've got they've got some clean time and they're feeling good and so they want to feel even more good, right yeah so they' yeah. they'll get involved in, in a relationship and man, it just does not seem to be long before things just get out of control. And they're just tanking. And it is. It's just, it's, it's unnecessary stress. It's there's a there's a sacrifice that has to be made early on in recovery of being really, really extreme about our recovery and not letting not allowing things in that are gonna detract us from that. And a lot of it it comes down to to humility, right? And that's another warning sign is when when we see somebody. Uh, you know, they, they've, they're early in their recovery, but they're just, they're feeling really good. They think they've got this. It's this lack of humility and it's this short term memory that they might have about their addictive past. Mm -hmm. They, it, and that is, that's a huge, huge warning sign to me because if, if we start to forget where we've come from, we start to minimize what's gone on, man, it's so easy to, to get caught up in it again.
1: Yeah, the Bible says uh, that pride comes before a fall, Mm -hmm. you know, and so the opposite of humility is pride, and, you know, our pride has led us to do some of the things that we've been doing and say, I don't need any help, I can quit on my own, I'm not addicted, I I can stop whenever I want because I have the power, and and then that same pride even in recovery still lingers and we say okay maybe you know god helped me through my addiction but i can do a lot of this on my own i can go go places where i shouldn't go because i'm strong enough i don't have to have boundaries because i'm smart enough and i can i can deal with this on my own and where i think you know proper humility in recovery would be to wake up every day and say hey Like, I've got to think about my weaknesses so that I can start this day off right. Mm -hmm. I need to go to the Lord and say, hey, I'm weak, but you're strong. Can you work through me? I didn't get to this place on my own. It was only by God's grace that I am standing here today alive and sober and with the ability to speak, with the ability to, to think, to rationalize, to to help other people it's only by god's grace and not by my own and so i think a good a good yeah a good warning sign is a person doesn't give god the glory but they continue to live in that that pride
0: yeah yeah it's yeah. it's easy for us to get distracted isn't it yeah and that's I, I you know that can be another warning sign in itself is is this we end up focusing on on other things, other people, um, rather than our recovery. If if we're not diligent in that, if we're not if we're not prayerfully going to God with everything, it is so easy to get sidetracked. Um, I know that that I've dealt with it myself, where I, you know maybe I get caught up in early on in my recovery, uh, getting caught up in a, in a hobby. Or mm-hmm. maybe focusing on other people. Like I feel like, hey, I'm doing great. Now it's time for me to start focusing on other people. I need to start helping other people.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: man, that's a huge distraction from my own recovery. And it, it does play hand in hand with hand in hand with that humility factor. Um, but that's a that's a huge one. And then I think the you know, the last one that I had kind of point brought up was um it, it goes it's related to um kind of maintaining that same lifestyle, but But when you, when I see somebody who's not really consciously making changes in their life, that's, that's a warning sign to me when they're not really willing to, to make some of those, some of those changes are hard, right? Some of those, some of those changes are hard to make, but we, they're necessary and they're needed. And when people aren't willing to do that, 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 what that says to me is they're not really ready to, um, live this new life of
1: recovery yet. Yeah, you have to be willing to try, try new things. Um, you know, faith in and of itself, for the addict to surrender to the Lord Jesus, to trust in Him and His power, and all that He did for us by dying on the cross for us. Um, to get to the point of true surrender is a new thing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been living as slaves to a substance or a behavior, um, but now we've got to live as, you know, servants to the Lord Jesus. And so for a lot of us, we've been living so selfishly. Um, now we ought to start thinking about how can I please God with my life? And that means trying things that we never did before, because if we were living a life that honored God before, then we wouldn't be in the place that we're in. Right. Yeah. So learning to explore what it actually means to be a follower of Jesus and and someone who's living clean and sober requires us to start exploring you know the word of God and and figuring out all that it has for us and that 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 does mean trying things being courageous with things that he's calling us to do to follow and obey his commands and uh and that's that's hard for us because Going back to the pride thing, we think we know the best way to live our lives um, mm-hmm. but but that only leads to destruction and if we continue that that same frame of mind, then it, it will lead to relapse yeah, you know if and, we won't take some steps to change and to start you know letting him be the lord of our lives, then you know we're going to go right back into what we we know the best because that's the most comfortable thing. And for human beings in general, we always just slide back into what's most, most comfortable Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. Right. But it it doesn't just happen all at once. Right. There's a way there. It's not like someone when it comes to relapse can ever say, well, I was just walking on the road, you know, and I slipped on a banana pill and then bam, like my mouth was right on that bottle, you yeah. know? Or like I I slipped and fell and now I'm watching porn again, you know. Right. It's not it doesn't happen in an instant. There are things that lead up to that event, right? Yeah. Yeah, and as you mentioned earlier, Eric, we
0: we talked about this process. Um we're kind of laying it out in this three-step process, right? There's first there's the emotional part. It's got, we could we could call it emotional relapse or emotional signs. You know, you're feeling depressed or angry or or you've got all these emotions that are kind of the old nature that you're going back to. Um, and when you see that, that's that's the first step. And the second one is this mental one where you're actually starting to actively think about your addiction. You're starting to kind of maybe, maybe dwell on it a little bit, maybe start to glamorize it, maybe start to wish you could indulge again in it. And then the last one is the actual feeling physical relapse where you have, have full-blown um, acted out in your addiction once again.
1: Yeah, let's talk about these. Uh, let's talk about the first one, the emotional relapse or the the process in which how our emotions lead us toward relapse. The, it is a thing that people say you can have an emotional relapse, a mental relapse, and then eventually it leads to the physical relapse. But for emotions, how can how can we have an emotional relapse? I I would say that you know as as people who have used substances, chemicals, behaviors, whatever it is to to escape emotions, to cope with our emotions, to to quit feeling things, um, the the addict has a hard time dealing with having healthy emotional intelligence mm-hmm. um, and so we've got to learn how to get in control of our emotions one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control yeah and I think that that requires us to be able to react and respond to our emotions um, in a way that's that's wise that's that's under control rather than being out of control
0: yeah it's part of this this training. Uh, that we that we're doing—that's what recovery is. It's it's really it's training, and training ourselves how to to first recognize our emotions. I think a lot of times, uh, as addicts, we struggle to recognize what is this emotion I'm feeling. It's just you know we had emotions, and so to suppress them, we would go to our addiction. We would we would try to make ourselves feel better. But so I think one of the first steps is recognizing what is this emotion. And the second one is, why am I feeling this?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, then, and then the third one for me is, what am I going to do with it? Mm. What am I going to do with it now? So now I've actually stopped myself. I, I've broken that cycle that I'm so used to already. Now I can actually take this emotion and, and take it to God, right? And I can take it to Him and ask Him to reveal um, some truth through it. Because that's really what our, our emotions need to be filtered through truth. Truth is the thing that prevents us from letting our emotions rule us because that's what we've spent all of our time doing. Our we thought we were fixing our emotions, mm-hmm. but really our emotions were driving us to to do whatever we were doing over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, you know. I myself, this happened to me and I deal with a lot of other people coming coming out of addiction. You know, the first six months to a year of someone's Recovery when they're getting clean, all of a sudden they're having all these emotions that they'd never felt before or they they never just sat in and felt comfortable with for a long time because mm-hmm. it was always, you know, masked with something or covered up with or, or trying to change those emotions. Um, but I found myself in my first six months, like, being really emotional, not knowing what to do with all this stuff. All of a sudden I found myself crying more than I ever... <laughs> ever had I think in my whole life I mean there were like thoughts of uh paranoia and and anger and you know all kinds of things I didn't know how to deal with and so part of that process of dealing with the emotional stage before it turns into a relapse is having somebody to process your emotions with too I mean again yeah. recovery and even christian life and fellowship is meant to be lived with other people not by ourselves, right? And so yeah. we can't do this on our own. We need to be able to process why we're feeling what we're feeling and not just keep it to ourselves, but to be transparent and, and let it out to another person. We use this, uh, this acronym um, f- f- as an example for, for emotions to think about. This isn't all the emotions, but when we start feeling something Um, we should, like you said, stop and and think about why am I having this emotion? You know, what happened that I'm feeling this way, right? And start Mm -hmm. to, and there's an acronym called HALT that stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. And the acronym's HALT, right? Because HALT means to stop and think. Why am I having these emotions? You know, sometimes um, being hungry can cause us to be out of balance and and cause all kinds of other emotions, and so to to think about why am I why am I angry right now with my my wife and my kids? Well, my my wife says it's being hangry, <laughs> and I that happens to me often. I'm learning how to not be hangry, uh, but but we all know that sometimes the easy solution is there's an easy solution to some of our our problems, and sometimes yeah. out of hunger we can. Hurry up and just have a snack or, but, but really what this, this, this acronym means to me is first, it means to halt. Let's think about this. And then secondly, let's get our lives back under balance. Yeah. Because if we're having all kinds of emotions and they feel all out of whack and out of control, there's things going on in our lives that are causing us to be hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. We're not going and hanging out with people. We're not getting the right fellowship. We are angry out of pride or things not going our way. We're tired because we're overworked and we haven't set enough boundaries. And we're hungry because we haven't been probably, properly taken care of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so there is, there is solutions. There are solutions to these problems with all these emotions that we're feeling. And it should cause us to halt and think about, okay, am I out of balance here? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's one of those things that it's. It, I mean, we really have to be protective of ourselves early on in our recovery. I mean, you think about, I think about, you know, my addiction to, to porn, like if I'm staying up late at night, right. Tired. Mm. I mean, that's a, that's a scary position to be in. Um, but, but even you know all these emotions one of the one of the things that we can do with these emotions right is we can take them to God but we can also make sure that we're we're taking care of ourselves but the other thing that you mentioned that I think is really hard for us especially early on is to share these emotions with other people to mm. talk about them with fel- fellow believers right or mm. or a mentor or a sponsor or somebody who is kind of helping us on this path that's 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 a Habit that we have to develop over time. And it's not easy, mm-hmm. but it's really, really crucial for us to be open and honest and transparent about it. Otherwise, we're going to lose this ba- battle on our own.
1: Mm-hmm. We've
0: already fought this battle on our own over and over and over and lost it. So we got to be able to let other people in and share that. Because if we don't take care of this, if we don't um, get a handle on the emotional side, then we'll start to get into the mental relapse, right?
1: Yeah, our feelings cause us to start having thoughts. Yeah. Obviously, we start to to, to think stinking thinking, yeah. wrong thoughts. Out of reacting to our emotions, we'll start to play things out in our minds, right? And so then our emotional relapse will lead to a, a mental relapse where where an example of that could be fantasizing about an old story, you know, something that happened where you're thinking about, man, I used to be able to handle this by, you know, you know, taking a hit of that thing or, you know, taking a drink or just pulling up something and watching it. And you start to like let your mind drift to the point where you're almost playing out what it would feel like if you used again. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you're starting to justify, rationalize, and minimize. Th- those are three words that one of my counselors earlier on um, in recovery tried to teach me is that when we're in this mental state, we're, we're justifying our thoughts and our behaviors, how we're reacting to our emotions. We're, we're rationalizing some of the actions that we're planning on doing. Um, and then we're minimizing some of the some of the outcome or some of the effects. And, yeah. and that's a dangerous place to be in, um, and if we don't get control of our thought life, um, eventually our thought will, will lead to our actions.
0: Right. And in fact, you know, this this is referenced in the Bible. Paul references this in, in 2 Corinthians 10.5. He says, "...we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. This is this is part of not just the Christian life, but this is part of the addict's life too is to to be able to take our thoughts captive, to mm-hmm. not let our thoughts first first we're trying not to let our emotions rule us. But we're also not letting our thoughts rule us because our thoughts thoughts lead to action, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of the the habits we've created is emotions to thoughts to action. And so, if we've gotten to this stage where we're starting to to think about these things, we we that's that's really where we need to to stop and and start to backtrack, figure out how did I get to this place where I'm starting to minimize my past, mm. starting to minimize my addiction, and starting to maybe fantasize about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it'll take going back and processing some of the emotions that we didn't recognize. Yeah. Um, because once we're at this stage, this is, this is, this is the next step after this is the physical relapse. Yeah. So this is, this is, uh, you know, red light stop. I mean, flashing, flashing red lights,
1: right? Yeah. Usually at this stage, um, it's interesting that you bring up that verse because the verse in its context is really talking about, um, you know, false, false teachers, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, people that are trying to come into the church and fool people and and change their way of thinking yeah. so that they'll follow the wrong way, the wrong Christ, the 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 lies. And but it's interesting that he says take every we take every thought captive to obey Christ. That means their thoughts and ours and so for us, we do have an enemy that is trying to come in and teach us false things. Mm -hmm. Um, There is such thing as the devil who has been tempting human beings from the beginning of creation and, and his minions, and they know exactly how to tempt us and to get us thinking a certain way. They know how to manipulate, right? They're not controlling our brains or anything like that. We can't blame our actions on them, but they know how to get us into positions to get us feeling and thinking certain things and maybe there are even real physical people in our lives that cause us to start feeling and thinking um in such a way and even when we get to this this stage in our lives where we're we're justifying rationalizing minimizing this is where we start arguing with God about the truth <laughs> yeah and we're like we know that you don't i know you don't want me to use like is the truth but yet I think we're starting to argue with them. why this is going to be better for me right now. Mm. I just need to take a break. God, look away while I do this. Hopefully you will forgive me later. Um, but this is just what I need right now. I know what you said in your word is what I need and you've laid out how to live my life. But I think I know better. And that's really kind of the the heart of taking our thoughts captive to obey Christ rather than our messed up ideas about how to take the next steps in our lives, right? We've, yeah. So we've got to ask ourselves this question, you know, is this something that's going to honor God? Is this something that, that God saved me from, that Jesus died on the cross for, and am I going to go and do it again? and just put him right back there on the cross, like every time. And we all do this. We all sin. We all fall short. We all make mistakes, and Jesus Jesus Christ's death on the cross did save us and forgive us, past, present, and future, but we don't use that as a license to continue on making bad decisions knowing that God's going to forgive us, because ultimately, if we live that way, the Bible says we may not even be saved at all because real evidence of a person who has true faith leads to a changed life a changed way of dealing with conflict with emotions and even dealing with our thought life
0: right yeah it, that's that's what that's what it's about right it's about living this repentant life mm. and re- repentance means means not only to kind of have a uh, this uh um, Feeling feeling remorse for what we've done, but it's also about changing what we do. It's living a different life. So repentance really goes hand in hand with the with the twelve steps of we're we're living a new way now. Mm-hmm. We're not living this old way, and and if we're not um, paying attention, if we're not being self aware of what we have going on, it's so easy to get back into this self deception. I, I think you know you talk about that verse. Um, being related to to protecting against false teachers, well, yeah, there's there's the enemy, the devil, right? There's there's the world around us that tells us lies as well, but man, there's our flesh that tells mm, us lies the too. The enemy within, the enemy within, mm-hmm. man, it is the enemy within is probably the most the most powerful and destructive to us as addicts mm-hmm. because we have not really been aware of that enemy's schemes until now, until we get clean and we start to see the real battle going on within us. And so being aware is is so, so crucial to to stopping this process, to to relapse prevention. You know, and being open with with people about our struggles, being open with God, being self aware. I mean, those are really that's kind of the trifecta I would say here on on mm-hmm. preventing a relapse, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, being honest with ourselves, being honest with another person, and being mm. honest with God. Um, like you you said before, sharing our emotional struggles with someone and processing it, and then even our mental struggles, our thoughts, right? And 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 running those by a sponsor or a mentor. You know, this is where in preventing relapse, we've got to get people around us um, that that have a little bit more wisdom and clean time than we do um, to be able to reach out to and talk to um, that can help us um, in the areas that we're blinded to. Some of our own pride blinds us to some of our character defects and and our issues, and so it's always good. I still have men in my life that, and and even my wife in my life, that and even other ladies at the church like people all around me that can bring up when I make mistakes or where I'm blinded by pride or some areas that people loving, lovingly confront me and tell me about that and and that's part of my relapse prevention plan. I think we're going to talk about that later on mm-hmm. in the series of having the right people. But at the end of the day it's our, it's our relationship with God and And operating in his strength, that will give us the ability to follow him, to be able to set the right boundaries, to notice the warning signs. And here's the thing I I think we should end with is we should be mindful and even concerned about the possibility of us being being able to relapse. I mean, Mm -hmm. I still, after almost 13 years of being clean and sober— I still tell people, you know, um, if like say I'm going to celebrate my 13-year. I haven't made it there yet. I'm almost there. And I'll say, yeah, I'm going to celebrate it if I make it, you know, Yeah. <laughs> if I actually make it there. We're not going to – We when we do birthdays in groups celebrating clean time, we'll say um, no fronts. You know, we, mm-hmm. we're not going to, you know, we're not going to celebrate it before it actually happens because we know that this disease is – is prevalent and dangerous and trying to get at us, and so we've got to recognize, you know, all the warning signs. We've got to fight this one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we shouldn't be afraid, though, Yeah. because ultimately in Christ, we know that we have the power to have victory over this, mm-hmm. and there's, there's a piece that the Bible talks about. When we rely on God and not our own power, but we do the wise things that He says for us to do— to keep ourselves um, unstained and unspotted by the world, and to fight against the flesh and to fight against the devil. Philippians 4 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Your hearts, meaning your your emotion, your your will, um, and then your minds being your your thought life. If we will trust God, if we'll pray to Him, if we'll talk to Him and we'll talk to others and... And we will follow him and submit to him, then we can have the peace of God, because Jesus Christ is going to guide our hearts, guard our hearts. We know that we're protected by Him, by His death and resurrection. All of our sins can be forgiven, and that's what gives us the hope to continue on even when we do fail.
0: Right. Amen to that. And I want—I just want to say. You know, for those maybe listening who are listening to this because you have relapsed, I just want to say that that's it, it's not hopeless, mm. right? That y- this can be used for good. It can be used for good if we let it. If we backtrack and see, how did I get to this point? This can be a learning experience and a growing experience. And that peace of God that we just read about can maintain throughout that if we let it. So, uh, thanks Eric. Uh, let's, uh, we'll, we'll pick this up next time, um, on the second part of our, our relapse prevention series. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey listeners, this is Brian Dwyer reminding you to rate this show on your favorite podcast app. That really does help us when you do that. That way more people can discover this podcast and start listening. And also don't forget to share the podcast with a friend.